0: Welcome to Worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia, brought to you at a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. This sermon podcast is from our online virtual worship service that you can find through our website at opmh.org. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person, when you visit us in Old Town, Alexandria.
1: Good morning and welcome to worship at the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, know that you are welcome here in this sacred space and time together. We're glad you've joined us. The Lord be with you. Let us worship God. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Listen for the word of God. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: In contrast to previous Sundays, today's lesson is not so well known. And for good reason. It is scandalous. It reveals another side of Jesus, the side of him that sounds and acts more like a callous nationalist than the savior of the world. Here, Jesus refuses to answer the plea of a desperate mother. And then to make matters worse, he likens her and her demon-possessed daughter to dogs. As Lance Pape says, it's hard to imagine Jesus saying or doing something more out of keeping with our idea of him. It is plainly an attack on her human dignity, a dismissal of her obvious need and an affront to the very Beatitudes Jesus proclaimed. This is not the Jesus we think we know. Pape is right. This is not the Jesus we think we know. And that no doubt is why we gloss over this story or, as some have done, attempt to explain it in a way that is less offensive. But as Pape goes on to say, Matthew's Christology is messy. Using stories to witness to Jesus leads to complications, nuances, and paradoxes that would never be tolerated in a clean and tidy doctrinal statement. Well, today's lesson is Exhibit A. Here, Jesus seems like a radicalized American who automatically defaults to tribalism, sexism, and racism. Here, Jesus is concerned only with his own kind of people, the so-called lost sheep of the house of Israel. I shudder to think what some of our more well-known politicians could and would do with this story were they ever to read or hear it. Of course, there's more to the story and more to this Jesus than first meets the eye. More on that in a moment. As Matthew tells the story, the real hero is the Canaanite woman, not Jesus. She enters the story with the deck stacked against her. To paraphrase Pape, she's a woman in a man's world. She's a Gentile petitioning a Jewish healer She's the mother of a dependent child with exceptional needs. She has no reason to think that this encounter with Jesus will end well. Nevertheless, she persists. As we've seen in previous stories, the disciples do not want Jesus to get involved. So they urge Jesus to send her away, as they had attempted to do a few days earlier when they were confronted with a crowd of hungry people. By their reasoning, Jesus has more important things to do than to help this woman's tormented child. Think about it. If Jesus were to stop and help every needy person he encountered, he would never make it to Jerusalem. And where would that leave the lost sheep of Israel? This sounds awfully close to the America first agenda that many people seem to be pushing these days. But as I said, there is more to this story and more to this Jesus than first meets the eye. So should you find yourself wanting to go down that road, you would be well advised to take a close look at the rest of the story. Here it helps to know a little Greek because the English translation simply does not do justice to Matthew's beautifully crafted story. The words of the disciples are an alliterative and ironic echo of the Canaanite woman's plea for help. She shouts, Kyrie eleison, meaning, Lord, have mercy. And the band of biased disciples shout, Kyrie apalison, meaning, Lord, get rid of her. James Boyce describes the scene this way. Gathered in one corner are the familiar disciples. For Matthew, the true blue representatives of the faithful lost sheep of Israel, now leaping into the fray like so many ravenous beasts, have self styled guarantors of the holy tradition, on their guard lest the mercies of God be wasted on the unworthy. Like a gang of watchdogs at the door, they are about checking the IDs and keeping out the non pedigreed riffraff. On the other side of the door stands an outsider, a woman no less one lone representative of the dogs of religion, now become, as it were, a lost sheep, plaintively pleading for the mercy of the good shepherd. Lord have mercy, is the dog's solo. Get rid of her, the lost sheep chorus barks in reply. And then, then there's Jesus who seems to join with the bouncers, not only refusing to answer her plea, but even seeming to join with them in a few, with a few sharp licks of his own. As Matthew tells the story, Jesus' reply about him being sent to the lost sheep of Israel is addressed to his disciples, not to the Canaanite woman. And when she interrupts him and asks him again for help, He piles on insinuating that she and her daughter are dogs. As I said at the outset, this story is somewhat scandalous. Jesus seems to have forgotten his stated mission or worse, rejected it in favor of pleasing his base of supporters. Still, I wonder if this story has lost something of its shock value. I say this because, as I have been hinting at, this seems to be the storyline of our time. It is on the front page of every newspaper, it leads the evening news shows on television, and it glibly flows from the lips of many of our nation's leaders in their not-so-veiled attempts to demean and belittle their opponents especially when they are women or people of color but as the late sam cook put it in the song he wrote after being turned away from a whites only motel down in louisiana a change is gonna come well you have to hand it to the canaanite woman she is not about to let a little name-calling keep her from getting help for her daughter. She doggedly stands her ground and deftly turns the charge back on Jesus, saying, Well, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. To borrow again from Pape, somehow finding a way through Jesus's carefully arranged defenses. Her counterstroke is a masterpiece of subversive humility, absolute trust, and verbal brilliance that Jesus simply cannot resist. Like the widow who petitioned for justice in one of the stories he told, this woman will not take no for an answer. And she does not naively expect that an inclusive vision will somehow win the day without someone who is willing to take a chance, absorb some blows and do the hard work of making themselves a nuisance. While reading this story, I immediately thought of three other Canaanite women who, according to the scriptures, were blood relatives of Jesus, Rahab, Tamar, and Ruth. And I thought of other women like Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, and Rosa Parks. All of them, women of a different race and social status, who refused to take no for an answer. People who were willing to absorb some blows verbally and sometimes physically in order to advance their cause. People who were willing to do the hard work of making themselves a nuisance, or as the late John Lewis put it, people who were willing to get into good trouble. In each and every case, their persistent voice, Their hard work, their good trouble, helped bring about some much needed changes. But as we all know, there are many more changes that need to be made. Changes that won't come until more of us are willing to take a chance, absorb some blows and do the hard work of making ourselves a nuisance. In today's lesson, the Canaanite woman keeps on keeping on, persistently pleading for some semblance of mercy, even even if it is only crumbs falling from the table. And in the end, her plea is answered. Elsewhere in Matthew's gospel, Jesus criticizes the little faith of his people. But here, Jesus praises the great faith of this Canaanite woman, and then commands that her plea be granted. And as soon as the words leave his mouth, it is done. Her daughter is instantly healed. To paraphrase Carla works, this woman seems to understand what the good and godly members of the household of Israel have yet to grasp. Jesus is not just the hope for Israel, but hope for the world. Her persistence, her faith is so compelling that for once, says Pape, the spinner of the kingdom parables is himself caught up in someone else's shocking vision of the possible. A Canaanite woman pleading for help and a savior willing to see past all the national sexist and racial prejudices so prevalent among his people. There is not a doubt in my mind that Matthew intends for us to learn from both people. Like the Canaanite woman, we must be willing to do the hard work of making ourselves a nuisance. And like Jesus, we must be willing to see past our own prejudices so that we can help heal old wounds and celebrate our common humanity. It was, and it still is, a timely lesson. Go out into the world in peace, have courage, hold on to what is good, return no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint hearted, support the weak, and help the suffering. Love and serve the Lord. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you and all people now and forever. Amen.